Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Stop beating your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Lee. I'm Mitch, also a co-host. And I'm the third of the trio, Sam. <laughs> Thank uh, you guys. Uh, now, now, you are listening definitely to the We Got the Chocolates podcast. This is episode 47. Uh, and probably, guys, at the We Got the Chocolates podcast, we're about striving for wins, uh, obviously occasionally missing, in fact, probably more than usual. Um, our conversations probably centre a great deal around sport. Uh, we've accumulated plenty of stories over the many years that we have played, which we love to share with you. Uh, so if you are, are after... Um, some comedic value uh, and also some entertainment then stick around we've got plenty to offer uh, we also interview a lot of guests as is the case on this particular one uh, now guys I have forgot to play the song here here is the one that I have for you definitely can hear it certainly loud enough that's for sure keep that going in the background just to let people's ears go back to the regular volume uh, what are your thoughts there? bit different Mm. Yeah, very different. I'm not a massive fan. I feel there's too much going on with that sort of snare drummy thing in the background. But oh, she's yeah. a musician, Skinnel, baby. <laughs> well, the 126 ers have put that together. Let us use it for free, Skinnel. So thank you very much to yeah, them. Okay. Uh, see you on the other side. Was the name of the song. Speaking of thank yous that we need to mention, uh, obviously there is no secret that the only thing getting us through this particular episode is the help of Alchemy Cordials Australia. Uh, we've tucked into a few of their smoothie range during the interview, which Shana will mention at time as well very yeah. exciting um, that's really all we have to let you know I think and then we are bang into the interview please enjoy okay ladies and gentlemen uh, our guest on the podcast today is actually in studio and new studio so it's uh, it's lovely to have her she's the first guest that's actually set foot in this particular studio uh, she was part of Australia, the Australian women's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay team that won gold and set a new world record at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. Uh, She placed fourth in the women's 50 metre and also the 100 metre freestyle at that event too. And in the same year, she won a gold medal at the Pan Pacific Championships. Uh, Those are just a few of her impressive achievements. I mean, the list is quite long. We've spoken about that uh, in the swimming pool. Um, So tonight we have the pleasure of speaking to Shana Jack. Thank you very much, Shana, for being here. Thank you for having me, guys. No worries at all. Uh, now, Shana, we've probably done some introductions, we need to be honest, I guess, because we didn't just get you in and your first words were on the podcast. But <laughs> Sam, obviously, you are here, so say some words so people know. Hey, Shana, how are you? Good I'm to see good, you again. Thanks. Excellent. And then uh, Mitch? Yep, also here. Shana, how's it going? <laughs> good, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks. Great news. Um, now, Shana, I guess uh, I guess we do probably want to be 
somewhat upfront um, with our listeners because there will be a few people that probably look at your name um, after the <laughs> last couple of tumultuous months for you. And I'm not sure if I pronounced that word right, but we'll go with it. Um, but those that do listen to the podcast regularly would probably know that we're not shock jocks. Um, we're, not, we're not here for a tell-all interview. It's not Tracy Grimshaw that's interviewing you. So I guess we wanted to uh, get you on the podcast because I feel like sometimes when these things happen in the media, we probably forget that there's a real person actually behind it. Um, so we wanted to give you a chance to just actually humanise you a little bit um, and uh, and let you have a chance to just show that you are a real person and a quality human being as well. So thank you very much for being here. No, thank you. Like, I completely agree. Um, I'm really grateful to be here and be able to talk to you guys and, you know, I guess give you a bit of an insight into, like, my past year. Obviously, it's been a very big, impactful year and a lot of people obviously have heard of my name probably for the first time um, due to that situation. But, you know, you live and you learn and um, I've learned a lot of great experiences, which I uh, can't wait to share with everybody. Magnificent. Um, and Shannon, you also uh, have tried one of our delightful alchemy beverages. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You were actually the first person to debut trying that smoothie as well. <laughs> well, I'm a massive mango fan, so I'm loving it at the moment. And thank you guys for making me one. Um, it's very refreshing and beautiful. <laughs> Joined, joined by Mitch. Mitch is going the mango as well. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've almost finished mine in the time that it took Lee to make his. All three flavors yeah, on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the berry, which is very nice, so, <laughs> and the world is up. I've really. gone banana, and I probably didn't put quite enough. Uh, <laughs> That's milk. That is genuine milk. Yeah, <laughs> all your drinks were well proportioned, uh, but mine, I just just put took a stab in the dark and threw a little bit in there, but probably wasn't quite enough. So I'll <laughs> live and learn. Has their instructions on the bottle? <laughs> I know, I know. I can never be bothered okay. reading the instructions. I probably should next time. Yeah, very fair. Um, Shana, so with that sort of intro to our podcast in mind, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners how we managed to get such a big name like yourself on the, on the podcast because I know I've, I think I've contributed zero guests in terms of <laughs> like any, any sort of mutual connection, so I know it wasn't me. Um, so obviously a lot of you guys know Sam, so mm-hmm. he's um, really close to their family and I've um, grown up watching his cricket career. He went to Sheldon College with my um, older brothers um, and so we've just always been great family friends and we've always had an interest in each other's sporting lives and, you know, just general lives. And, um, yeah, we, he reached out to me and now I'm here and here we are. Outstanding. <laughs> Very happy to have you. And, uh, yeah, I went to uni with Mitch as well and we used to carpool down the coast yeah. most days. I'd, I'd pick him up from swimming training early in the morning and um, I was already half asleep but he'd been swimming for two hours already or something, whatever it was. So. That's because he didn't want to use the fuel so you had to use the fuel. <laughs> <laughs> has, that's a trait that you share, I think. Yeah, we, we did share the driving a bit so I can't <laughs> say it was on my fuel. But, uh, but yeah, I have been known to go to the Jack Holt household every now and then for a dinner or play the odd board game so I probably should get back there soon. Yeah. You were at Christmas last year, and I unfortunately missed that one. I think I think Shana beat me the last board game I played against. So I think Mitch and I played together, and we lost to Shana and, and Zach. Uh, at Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yeah. so. oh Trivial yeah, Pursuit. That's yeah. what. So what board games? That's what I was going to ask. What board games are we talking here? Like, yeah, well, there's your... Trivial Pursuit, yeah. and didn't you you bring Banana Rama? Oh, yeah, Banana Grams. Yeah, Banana yeah. Gram, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so we play that non-stop that. now, thanks to Sam introducing <laughs> it to our family. Right. Like every single time our family catches up for dinners or anything, we always play Banana Gram. Yeah, Haz is literally the king of the game. So what's the thing you always get us over to play that's on the TV that 
you know, the... Oh, the Jackbox. Yeah, the Jackbox TV. <laughs> Has he got you onto that? Or the, no, not yet. What else do you love? Finska, Cub, any of those? Yeah, any games, other board games. Yeah. yeah, so I'm very competitive. So yeah. I'm uh, getting in a, in a board game challenge with someone. Or and coming game. into our family is a big risk because we're all very competitive. We oh. all love our sports. So we've grown up, obviously, I've got my three brothers. So um, very competitive household. And then to add Sam to that equation, it's a, it's a bit of a mess. Outstanding. <laughs> even, even if it's to get there and we'll... Play a bit of ping pong or a bit of PlayStation yeah. against each other. So I've never yeah. seen your table tennis on a real table. I've only seen it on that like one that got wet at your house that's dead and yeah. doesn't bounce. It's like Madras turns yeah. square and <laughs> doesn't bounce. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Shane, we uh, we mentioned uh, that race at the Commonwealth Games yes. where you and your team won won a gold medal for Australia. So we may as well start there. You know, yeah. what's it like to be a world record holder at, at nineteen years of age? Uh, it's very surreal. Like I. It's one of those memories that I will never forget. Like I always look back at it and it's one of my favourite moments in life. I was obviously surrounded by um, a home crowd. So we were at the Gold Coast, which was awesome. So my family and my friends and my partner was there. Um, And obviously then there was obviously the girls and their families and we never expected it. That's the one thing that surprised us. We had never even considered that that was going to happen. We just went out there, raced, um, you know, we were having a laugh in the um, warm-up room and I think a few of us were singing and I think Bronte was giving me a massage. Um, <laughs> so it's just one of those things like you never really planned it and I didn't uh, like see it coming. I remember I was talking to Bronte waiting for, you know, Kate was coming in and Bronte was like, Shana, like look at the board and Kate was over the line. I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> we're about to get a world record. And I, yeah, I was just over the moon, full of emotion. I was crying and I was laughing and I was happy. Um, yeah. And, and I even look back at the race. I've, I've got a copy of it and I've probably watched it twice since. And um I cry every time. Like it's just one of those moments that no one else will really, I guess, understand except for the people who were in that situation. Do you know what the world record is going into the race exact time? Or no, is it just going to no. say world record on the screen? Because I was going to say, I, actually, this is the dumbest thing ever, but I, I always forget that the line that we see on TV, you actually it's can't not. see. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot see that in the pool. It's no. always like, can this person go faster? Like, yeah, they're about to literally know, break a world go, record. Oh my but. God, it's right there. Yeah. Can't yeah, just reach out, you idiot. <laughs> no, so, um, no it, it is awesome and it's a, it's a crazy experience, but... You never go into a race planning the outcome. Like if you want good results, you just you just race. You do what you do best. Um, and for us, it was always just go out there, have fun, you know, embrace the crowd. Like that's the first time I've ever heard a crowd underwater. You know, everyone cheers really loud and that you think they think they you can hear them, but you can't. But at the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, we physically could hear them when we were swimming, um, which was wow. so crazy. It's mm, a yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was unreal. Yeah, no, that's good. And obviously a pretty impressive feat at such a young age. So I sort of wanted to ask, when did you actually start swimming? Because I imagine you had to get a few hours of practice under yeah. the belt before you turned nineteen <laughs> to do that. Yeah, so I that actually was day be- boost. <laughs> <laughs> day First <two>. swim. <laughs> um, so I began swimming basically for the purpose of learning how to, you know, um, just to protect myself in the water. Obviously, my parents are really big on water safety. So when we go to the beach and all those kind of things, you can handle yourself in water. Um, And I, once again, showed my competitive instinct when I was, you know, six months old or something. Um, My brothers were in the water swimming, doing their, you know, aquatic achievers. And 
I was sitting on the sideline watching and mum could just see how I was so anxious. I was like wriggling around. I was just so overwhelmed because I wasn't doing what they were doing. And so the swimming instructor said, you know what, put her in the water, see how she goes. And out of all my brothers, I was the only one who didn't cry on my back. <laughs> so so I had that. I did have a bit of a natural ability growing up. Um, I specifically obviously went into club training when I was seven and then I started competitions probably like a year later at eight um, and made my first team at 10. So I, I made a school Pan Pacific Games, which was really exciting and it was amazing. We got to trade lots of badges. <laughs> yeah. It was all about the badges. Oh, yeah, I love those badges. They were at every school sport event. No yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, right. And so, so yeah, obviously, you got started early as expected, but sort of when does it become obvious that you're like, quite good at it? Like when do you sort of start thinking about making it a career, uh, I suppose? So for me, I don't, I don't reckon I thought I was good. Um, sorry. Um, but I met Libby Trickett at 10 and I met her and she was so humble. She was so inspiring. She, you know, I realised that this person is just a person. Like she's done so many amazing things with her career as a swimmer um, and inspired so many people. And at 10 years old, I realised like that's who I want to be. Like I want to be someone who makes an impact on young girls, young boys, like anyone who is looking for an inspiration. Um, and so that's when I knew I wanted to be an Olympian. Although I didn't know I was good, I still just wanted to be an Olympian. So that's yeah. when I guess I started committing a bit more. Um, and then at 13, I I quit all other sports um, and committed completely to swimming. Um, and that's kind of also when I made my first overseas team. So I went to Indianapolis. Um, so it was my first time overseas without my family. <laughs> so it was crazy, but it was very exciting. Um, and... Yeah, that's that's when I was like, yep, this is for me. This is what I want to do. Like, I'm actually, I'm actually loving it, and yeah. I was actually pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, but China, it does actually get to the point where, like, you already said it to us, obviously off air, um, but it actually does become like a full time job, doesn't yeah. it? Like, that was the point that that you got to eventually. Like, yeah. At which stage did it actually become like, you know, this is actually my job. Like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. So, like I mentioned, obviously at 13, I committed completely to swimming by, you know, I used to dance, play um, sport yep. at school. I used to go to the athletics carnival, all that kind of thing. I completely committed to swimming. Like I stopped going to athletics carnivals because I had training. I stopped dancing. I stopped, you know, playing sports at school. Um, but when it became like a full-time job, I guess, you know, when you talk about a job and a career or something like that, usually it is when you're getting some help from yeah. people around you, sponsorship, um, yeah. you know, funding. Um, and that was probably at the age of 15 that, you know, Jeez. I was getting a bit of help, which was awesome. Um, and I was so grateful for the help. But all that money, like once again, my parents kept away from me because obviously I was 15. Or of course, I'm just going to go shopping. Um, so they yeah. kept that away and was only used for, you know, to ensure it was for my swimming, you know, to ensure I could go to competitions in different states, pay for massages if I needed them, physio, anything like that. It was all it was all there um, to use, which is why they fund you in the way. That's, that's technically why they help. Um, and so my schedule was literally train at 4.30 in the morning, go straight to school. <laughs> yeah, ouch. Yeah, yeah. Train, <laughs> train, then go straight to school and then go straight from school back to training. And I didn't get home till about 7.30 at night. You have dinner, you go to bed. Um, and that was my day every day up until, you know, I left school. 
Yeah. Well, that was actually my very next question was mm. about, <laughs> uh, was just about like, that's what I've always been amazed by about swimmers, I guess, is just, and you've even spoken to us, but for our listeners, like your knowledge of even nutrition was ridiculous mm. um, <laughs> just <laughs> before when we were talking about the yeah. alchemy smoothies, actually. Yeah. Um, and so your actual like just day-to-day life as a swimmer seems like it is just like so hard, like in terms of the amount of training, especially leading up to something that's like Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, but that's that can be like a four-year process, can't it? Yeah, so I guess it's not in the context of hard, but it's it like like you mentioned before, it's a career. You we commit ourselves, we ensure that we're doing everything possible we can to represent ourselves in the best way. And for me, it was ensuring that I had great nutrition, ensuring that you know I slept well, I had a great support system around me, I had great friends, I had a great family. Like all those people were. Um, you know, little puzzle pieces that helped me continue on with my success. You know, it wasn't just obviously me doing everything. Um, But, yeah, I was just really grateful for all the support and, um, you know, continued on and kept aiming and kept setting goals and – did you have to make some sacrifices? Like when people oh. said like, hey, Shana, we're going to hang out at Can Cleveland Maccas. and <laughs> going to hang out and have cold rock ice cream. Like, oh, no, sorry, guys, I'll get that one to miss. Oh. Yes, I, I made a lot of sacrifices. So, um, you know, dinners with friends, you know, I missed out on my formal after party because I had to race the next day. Jeez. I didn't go to parties. I never drank. I, you know, I, you know, didn't do any of that stuff that most teenagers would do growing up or – um, enjoy, you know, with their schoolmates. I didn't enjoy, I didn't have that. Um, and it, I was really grateful that my friend did understand that I bailed so many times because I just had training or I couldn't make it or I was tired or, uh, I'm sure they got sick of hearing it, but in the end that, you know, I had made a commitment to myself and, you know, I was also in a way giving back to the people who had sacrificed a lot for me growing up, you know, I didn't get up at 4.30 in the morning by myself. Trust me, it was difficult getting me up at 4.30 in the morning. I'm not a morning person. But, you know, my dad and my mum and, you know, then it became my older brother, Mitch. He, you know, they would drive us to training and pick us up, take us back, take us to school. Um, And once you get older, you do really appreciate all those little things that they did for you. And so I guess in a way I'm also giving back to them by, you know, continuing to follow my goals and my dreams and, um yeah, giving back to everybody. I certainly didn't have that sort of commitment to cricket. Nothing was stopping me from doing the uh, the school <laughs> cross country events or the oh, athletics oh. carnivals. So I was I was entering every event. In that Although the carnival. difference between <laughs> you and me is that I'm a water person and you're a land person, so. Yeah. Running for me was not fantastic. Like, yeah, I, I try running and I look like a baby giraffe. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll do 100 metres of freestyle and I need a seven-minute recovery. <laughs> so I'm struggling to really identify with what you're talking about in terms of the swimming. <laughs> hey, I, I love the water. I go surfing all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. I but remember no, in primary good. school, my, my teachers are just, you know, they were like, oh, you know what, like, we'll just put you in with the boys' races. Don't even worry about you know, if you come first and I'll, you know, I was still first in the boys races, so it didn't really matter. It was come always on. fun though. Yeah. And you mentioned how your brothers used to swim and, yeah. and they actually became really good swimmers as well. Um, yeah. Mitch, Mitch and Zach used to win every event at our school swimming carnivals and, <laughs> and put everyone else to shame. They and, used to tell everyone that too. Yeah. yeah they, they were pretty confident about it, which is fair enough. They deserve to be. Yeah. Um, and your youngest brother, Jamie, from what I've heard is very talented and gifted yeah. in the pool. So you know, what do you think his chances like of you know making it further and swimming maybe for Australia one day? Yes, I'm really proud of all my brothers. So we all gave it a shot. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, growing up with Zach and Mitch, um, 
we some in the same squad and everything. Every now and then there was bickering and sometimes it would carry home and we'd discuss the session when we got home. Um, but in the end they chose different career paths, which, you know, good on them. They worked really hard for those. And now my younger brother has suddenly just got this, you know, spotlight on him because he's doing fantastic <laughs> in the pool. Um, he's also um, Sheldon College's school captain, which is amazing. Um, unbelievably proud of him. He, you know, is progressing really well. Unfortunately, due to COVID this year, he couldn't compete at the age nationals, which would have been a great year for him. Um, but those are the kind of lessons that every person, athlete, no matter who you are, you kind of learn to just adapt. Um, and I guess I'm really proud of how he adapted with, you know, the change with COVID. He had to obviously do homeschool and then obviously he couldn't swim. So uh, I really look forward to seeing how he goes. And I, I always do like, you know, give him some chat and try and get him motivated. And, um, you know, he always wants to hang out and go for a swim together, which, you know, makes me feel really good, which, yeah, it's just nice when you have a um, a common connection with your family and everyone's there to support each other. So it's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, you school good. captain has? No, definitely not. I, was, I, think <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a sports prefect or something, but definitely not a not a school captain. Yeah, that doesn't have the same. Trust me, it, it shocked us all when we when he got that one. We were like, "What?" <laughs> we love him and support him, and but when we we were all there for the ceremony and. We were all like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, he should be really you know, proud of himself that he got, you know, the nomination for possible school captain. And we're all sitting there and then all of a sudden he gets his name announced. We're all bawling our eyes out because we're like, we did not expect this at all. And I've got the camera up filming him. And <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big thing about school captain skin. <laughs> I don't think grade seven counts. What do you mean? Was, grade seven was the hardest time to win school captain. It's like the most responsibility. So, <laughs> it just I went, went downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, year 12. <laughs> I wasn't in the running in year 12, I don't think. No, I had to make that speech at Parliament House and there were some tough things to do when you were 12. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, being 12 is difficult, lethal. Mm. Now, Shana, it's, it's commonplace for me on the podcast to try and get hold of people. Uh, <laughs> you didn't get hold of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know people in your family pretty well, so I did get hold of them. Um, but I, I try to get some funny stories and, and find out more that I can ask because guests aren't that great at telling stories when they're, they're in with us. Yeah, Especially um, not ones that embarrass them. Yeah. Like that yeah. I'm just an embarrassing person though. Like, no, no. And like, and Joel, like Joel met, was like, oh yeah, like Sam messaged me and wanted to know from funny, funny stories about you. But all I can say is you're not funny. Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's right. Like I'm not, I don't do funny things. That, that was a common theme because neither of your brothers could think of anything to give yeah, me either. Yeah, I'm just not a funny um, person. I, they couldn't come up with anything. So either, you, either you've paid them really well or you do, you are very straight down the line and really fly under the radar. So I'm not yeah. sure which of those two it is. But. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm just someone who um, I might make a funny comment, but I, I've never put myself in a situation where like I'm embarrassed or I think the only embarrassing thing was when I was in grade seven, I was going up for my prefect badge and I dropped it. And so I bent down, but because I like got really long legs, I didn't like squat down. I just bend it over <laughs> and ever, and I'm in a skirt as well. And everyone's just like, what is she doing? Like, and then someone's got a photo of it and it's plastered on the school's website. And I said, you know, what, what's going on here? Like I'm I was so embarrassed. I was sweating like crazy. <laughs> I was, there's all these people and I've just dropped my badge. Like yeah. no respect for the prefect badge, obviously. <laughs> oh, pretty well, if that's the most embarrassing yeah, thing. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the most yeah. embarrassing thing. You do well on a cricket team because I'm always thinking about what I, what I got to do to make sure I don't embarrass myself. So <laughs> yeah. people don't, yeah. don't spray yeah, me or exactly. don't, you know, have well, something. Well, because we have like fine meetings and stuff yeah. if you do anything dumb yeah. you just get shredded but you would be 
not like you would be very financially well off in our cricket teams. No one can find anything about you. I think actually here's a here's one from my family. This is my family's fault probably. So we were in Hawaii and this we've never been late for a flight ever and we've also never been late for a flight since this day. We were all sitting there having like lunch and all of a sudden our names get called over the loudspeaker in the Hawaiian airport and like this like the Hawaiian airport if you ever have been there is massive like you've got to walk around go outside go around corners to get to your gate and it's completely away from the food area so we're getting called over loudspeaker saying the gate's about to close and they're gonna leave without us so my family's bolted off (laughs) I've got bronchitis so I like was you know choking and you know everything so we're running down I couldn't breathe I was like on the floor like I couldn't breathe because I was coughing and then I'm vomiting as well and my brothers have bolted off to the gate and left us all behind I'm back there with my dad I'm pretty sure they didn't even care because they were like come on we got to get to the gate (laughs) and I was like I'm actually dying right now and Finally, like the boys, Mitchell and Zach got to the gate and they've held it off for us and we walk into the um, the plane and it's just that gutted, like everybody <laughs> stares at you. I smell like vomit. Now we have a 10-hour flight. Apologies, everybody. Like <laughs> I was so disgusted in myself and, I, and my family. Like, <laughs> they literally left me behind. <laughs> Did you just mix up the time? Or what, what I have no idea how it happened. It's we like just, home alone. It was yeah. so, it was <laughs> actually <laughs> crazy. Like well, no one even knows how it happened. It just happened. And that's the one thing I always remember. Like Hawaii airport is like a torturous place now. That's <laughs> not where you want to be. Oh, dear. Uh, now, Shana, we are obviously a very positive podcast, um, so we don't want to harp on negatives for very long. Yep. But it would probably, I guess, be remiss of us not to <laughs> not to mention. Talk about the yeah, I guess not to. And now I do I do know that obviously there's um, a lot of stuff that you can't say, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, you're welcome to sort of let us know. I guess why that is, um, mm-hmm. but. Obviously, we most people probably that hear your name would be aware of the fact of uh, that. I guess last year um, you unfortunately tested positive to a banned substance in Legandrol. I hope correct. I'm correct in saying, um, and that was just before the 2019 World Aquatic Championships, which I guess forced you to pull out of that particular tournament, and mm-hmm. then you've subsequently been suspended by Swimming Australia. Yes, but that investigation is actually still ongoing, isn't correct. it? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it's a year in. Two weeks. So in two weeks, it'll be a year of waiting. Yeah, it actually went surprisingly quick, but it was a very torturous year. And I'm still waiting for my chance to have my say. Um, And as you mentioned, a lot of the information is confidential because it's an ongoing case. But um, yeah, like I'm I'm happy to answer any questions you might have in regards to what I've been through and um, I guess the experience of the whole thing because it's not it's not like there's many people who've gone through it and that's probably one thing I did find hard was I couldn't just turn to someone and go hey like how did you deal with this like I had to just learn as I went and I'm in a way grateful that I can help people in the future if they ever go through something like this and I you know I hope they don't because it is a horrible situation um and for me it's even harder because you know, I know I didn't do anything. I know I didn't take any drugs or, you know, put myself in this situation. So it's hard to, you know, wrap your head around why this is happening and, and why you're being dragged through this, you know, treacherous um, situation and process uh, and no one can really answer those questions for me. So Yeah, I, I always think, my point of view, I think, what would happen if, if I somehow accidentally, without knowingly, mm. you know, tested positive for that, what would I say? I'd say, well... 
I'd say to everyone, why would I want to take that stuff? Yeah. Why, why, would, why would I want to? And people would be, I guess the answer is, well, because it will help you perform. But yeah. but I guess my question is more not that, why would I take it if I know that I get tested all the time yeah. and yeah. Uh, and I know that I'm going to get caught and mm. I know that the, the like I'm going to throw well, everything down the drain that I've worked so hard uh, for. Yeah, and the Australian system, like ASADA is a great organisation who does test a lot of athletes consecutively like we know we get tested we know that they're going to show up especially around competition time and I got tested on a camp just prior to competition so you know I'd be the stupidest person to (laughs) ever touch a substance then let alone ever because Australia has such a strong and tough system that you just you can't cheat the system there's no way of possibly doing it without getting caught so why would you bother you know i'm i was 20 at the time i was only just you know just starting to you know aim for goals that i really wanted especially with olympics around the corner um we sort of just spoke about like how hard the road is to actually i mean that's a dream that started when you were 13 so yeah it seems crazy to yeah like that people would just think oh yeah well she's happy to just write that off like at, at 20 years of age yeah. and you work for seven years to do it so. and that's what i mean and i when they told me that this was a substance that i tested positive to i couldn't even pronounce it for you like yeah. i didn't even know what they were talking about i had to ask them you know what is it you know do you know where it comes from and they were saying that you know it was a black market drug and all this kind of stuff and i was like well then why would i have it like i'm like the most innocent person to to do that stuff i've definitely never Um, heard of it before yeah so and and that's that's the kind of stuff that i was i was so shocked at and when i got the news um yeah i was probably the worst person to ever be around um i was just yeah i couldn't breathe i was just crying like my coach had to ring my family my coach had to ring my partner and tell them what was happening because I was in the corner on the couch crying um and once again like you're in a um different country you can't just go hug your family I then have to go on a three-hour train back to Tokyo and then catch the flight seven-hour flight home back to Brisbane and that whole time I'm obviously thinking about what just happened and are you by yourself doing that that no so Swimming Australia did um they they um gave me someone to go home with me and then she obviously went back over to Tokyo so that was I was really grateful for that cuz um obviously you've got a lot of things going through your head you have no idea what's really happening um and it's really scary like I had no idea what was going on I didn't know what was going to happen next yeah. you know I didn't even know what the punishment could possibly be for something like that yeah. you know I heard on the news I didn't even know that 4 years was the maximum that you could possibly get with this kind of substance um I was like oh well I didn't take it, so I'm going to get let off. That's that's what I thought. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's literally how I thought it happened. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, I didn't tell anyone. Obviously, my family knew and, um, you know, some of my really close friends that I, you know, lent on during that period waiting for my second sample, which a lot of people think that my A sample and my B sample are different. They're the exact same sample. It is just split in two and tested. Like one's tested first and the other one's tested in case the first one was wrong. Yeah. Um, which that really upset me because a lot of people were accusing me of, you know, being tested yeah. positive twice. And I was yeah. like, no, you know, they're the same sample. Like, um, so I went home obviously telling no one and waiting for that B sample to come back because I thought that was going to be negative because I thought they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I was in a way a bit positive, you know, still sad because of the situation I had to go home. But I did not unpack my bag. I was ready to go back to Japan to race at the Worlds. 
Um, wow. And then I got the B sample back and everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, uh, Gosh. yeah, it's, it's terrible. And, and the ban includes, you know, not being able to use certain swimming pools. Is that right? So I can't use... Um, like Australian, Swimming Australia approves pools. Like I can't go to St. Peter's because um, that's obviously my club pool and it's a school pool. Um, I also can only use the pool from certain hours, so I can't be with squads around me, like any squads, masters or anything. So I have to go just during public hours. So that's like after 7 o'clock in the morning and before 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And unfortunately due to, you know, kind of been thrown off a cliff into the real world, I had to get a job I had to somehow, you know, I was living at a home, so I have to make my living somehow. And so I started working and obviously I couldn't swim as much because I was working during the day and, you know, and then I'm also studying. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was interesting, but I learned a lot. Yeah, right. So, Shani, you've obviously mentioned that your training schedule has changed a bit there. Um, yeah. What about your goals moving forward? Can you talk to us about that, I guess, in terms of in the pool and and elsewhere i suppose yeah of course so um in the pool the goals obviously have changed a lot because i have no idea what's happening with my swimming career um i'm in the dark about pretty much everything until i can finally have my say at the um, court of arbitration shana am i allowed to ask you can say no but do you have any idea of like when that actually is no you don't at all so i just have to wait and they have to they'll just give you a tap on the shoulder and go hey shana come in they'll just say hey i'm ready for you pretty much that's (laughs) um yeah so i'll go to the court of arbitration have my say but um with swimming obviously like i still want to make the olympics and i still want to represent my country in swimming um however if that gets taken away from me because of an unjust system then there's nothing i can really do about that um so those goals have kind of been put on hold which is why i struggle for the past year to be motivated to swim because i didn't have you know, I didn't know when I was going back to swimming. So, that, yeah. you know, there's no really short-term goals to make the long-term goals happen. Okay. Um, but in my general life, um, I had to take a really big look at myself and consider, you know, what things I might be interested in outside of swimming. Um, I was, you know, doing a business degree at Griffith University um, and I did that based off, you know, once again, I did everything. Every decision I made was for my swimming career. So I did business because it was a great degree. It's very broad and it enabled me to swim completely and commit to my swimming as well as study part-time. 
And I put that on hold because I had to put my scholarships on hold because I wasn't allowed to get funding from anywhere. So I decided to study a um, vet nursing course. I did my animal studies um, cert three, which is coming to an end in a month, which is awesome. So I've loved, you know, learning about all the different animals and in the vet clinics. And um, I learned about a lot about my own animals. Um, I, through that, I did volunteering at RSPCA, which obviously I'm a big person for the RSPCA. I love them and love what they stand for. And then... You've got um, an animal rescue shirt on at the I moment. I do. Actually, so I you? recently went to the um, Death Row Unchained Animal Rescue Group. So um, they're located in Burbank and they rescue animals from pigs to blind cows to horses to chickens to cats to dogs to everything. Like it was amazing. And, and all their, um, you know, money goes towards rescuing more and ensuring that, you know, they don't get canned i guess that explains your unbelievable immediate relationship with our dog as soon as you walked in because we were very nervous about her uh hospitality (laughs) well i love dogs so i think she just knew that i was a dog person um but no so my goal is like outside of um sport is to just find something that i really love um that you know if things don't go the way that I would want in the swimming career that I've got some sort of um, stability outside of that because I think that's a really big part for your mental health. So I've actually transferred my business degree to a criminology degree because I'm really big on the justice system and, (laughs) and, um, you know, potentially that could turn into the, um, the police force and working with the canine unit. So. Okay. Jeez. That's combining. That's that's why I've combined them all. Yeah. Yeah, So, That's kind of, you know, I never really pictured it that way when I first started doing my animal studies, but um, after having a big look recently at, you know, what I might potentially want to do, um, yeah, I think I found what I really want to do eventually, whether it be, you know, soon because swimming doesn't go the way that I planned it or if it's laid down the track when I do, you know, retire from swimming, um, it's actually really relieving to know that I've actually found something that yeah. outside of sport that um, interests me because a major aspect of athletes' mental health, um, you know, issues when they finish their career, whether it be retiring or injury or something like that, is um, going into the real world. Yeah, it's, there's actually it's a very, like heaps of people talk about that from NRL yeah. players. Creators it's a really everything. hard yeah. transition. And for me it was hard because I was 20, I got kicked out of the sport and yeah. I also had no one to talk to. I wasn't allowed to just go, you know, see my coach. I wasn't allowed to hang out with the swimmers. I couldn't go to pool deck. Like I, I just got completely barricaded off from the swimmers or any sport. I wasn't allowed to play any sport, by the way. So nothing. <laughs> no, so I can't really? play any sport um, at all, um, which was hard because I was like, oh, yeah, like I might, you know, just yeah. do another sport while in the meantime so that, I keep fit and stay healthy and, and keep my mind active because obviously, you know, those endorphins make you happy. And, yeah, and yeah. I had that every day. Um, and yeah, I was told I can't do any sport. So that no, was. Is that still the case? Yeah. So until no I. Social touch football for our team. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. <laughs> so until I have a decision, um, I can't do anything. And if my decision is like a, a longer sentencing, like a ban from sport, then I can't do it until my, my um, ban is Bans over. Are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, sorry to be ignorant, but I just didn't realise like how many parts of your life that that would have affected. A I was lot about of to say like the ripple effect it. is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like you just look at it in the media and go, oh well, she has to stop yeah. swimming. Yeah, well that's and what I mean. A lot of people about, like, the 
like yeah. the scholarship stuff like there's yeah. so many parts that it affects yeah. and and that's the thing like with my with my business i was literally just about to go into do internships with like swimming australia and a couple other organizations and i had to pull out of all of them and because i couldn't do them i wasn't allowed to um so that you know that made a big hold on my uni which that's why i also put that on hold because i wasn't going anywhere with that and um it's actually a really interesting comment that you say like you guys had an idea but a lot of people don't which is why you know i really look forward to when this is all over you know whether you know hopefully i can go back to swimming as well like that'd be the best part of obviously the whole thing yeah but I really want to educate people on how this actually works because so people, so many people just, you know, they ask me still, oh, how's training going? It's like, no, I can't train. Like <laughs> I am not, I, I can do my own stuff in the yard or, you know, at a gym, but it has to be, you know, paid memberships and all that kind of stuff because that you've, you've just got to, you know, be a normal person again and, well, not again because I've never really <laughs> been one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it is, it's, in a way, like I'm, I'm grateful because I have learnt a lot about this system, and I think a lot of people should be educated on this system. Because um, I feel like you know, you've seen a couple of people come out now, you know, recently Bronson, um, and I feel like, you know, I could help him out a lot um, yeah. and make sure that you know he's okay and his mentality is okay because it's it's not an easy ride. So, no, it's so fair, and I think. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my next point is I feel like like we often, as a general public, actually are really, really poor at putting ourselves in the shoes of that particular person. Mm-hmm. I was I was actually going to say, like, I feel like things would be a great deal easier sort of actually without the media's involvement sometimes. And I'm not looking for, for you to tee up on the media or bag them or anything like that. But just an example I remember, like, from, from that time is when you, I heard you, like, cite a case like the cocaine kiss mm-hmm. case. Yeah. And you sort of used that as, like, an example of yeah. how – how drugs can enter your yeah. system. Like it doesn't have <laughs> yeah. to be that you've just, you know, <laughs> directly put them in. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like all over the media that, I you know, Shane and Jack kissed yeah. someone that had cocaine on the lips and like yeah. that, that was – and I was just like, how have that you got that? That like, actually really I, upset yeah. me because once again, like I'd finally built up the courage to speak out about what I've been through and, you know, that took six months um, and – you know, once again, people just decide that they want it to sound something different and they want it to sound, I guess, raunchy. And, mm. um, yeah, exactly you know, they, they pass to me in a bikini photo on the page and yeah, they right. say that I'm kissing people to have this happen to me. And I never once said that. Um, no, well, I actually read, like, your direct quote yeah. and was just like, that's not what you yeah, said Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I was really disappointed and, um, unfortunately, obvious, like... <laughs> not obvious it's quite obvious that the media let me down a lot um and I was probably naive to think that it was going to be different um but you know at the very beginning I was really really upset with the fact that I released my full statement like of what happened from day dot till the day that I released that statement and you know they were at my house they were following me around in cars you know I remember one day someone followed me to my parents house and I was crying the whole way because it was just so invasive you know he ran red lights just to stay with me and it just made me feel so vulnerable and like they were just intruding into my life when I've done nothing to deserve that I gave them everything you know all they wanted was to see me cry that is literally all they wanted (laughs) um and I didn't want to give that to them so I you know did everything possible to ensure that they didn't see that side of me you know um uh you know there's a there was a (laughs) there was a photo of me um, in Ugg boots, a jumper, and my little 
um, pajama pants out, taking the bins out. Yeah. And the front page, I'm pretty sure, was taking the trash out. And it was first sighting of Shana Jack. And yeah. I was like, really? It's I mean, it's and brilliant I stuff. I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> it's really exciting. <laughs> I didn't even know they were there. I was yeah. so, I was like, oh my God. And now I never leave the house in anything unless I'm full yeah. dressed up. Like I check outside my house every day. Like I don't even, I know people have kind of moved on, which is, you know, that's fine. Like I'm probably obviously stuck still because I'm waiting. But um, I still have that, like, like I'm still scared. Like you go outside and I look yeah. to see if the cars are the ones that I generally see. Um, and you know, like I, we, once my mum dropped me home and there was a car that came past and all he did was wind down the window and start taking photos. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's why I, I actually, I actually hate that because like in any other facet of life, that's just like real creepy yeah. and like, yeah. and like borderline illegal. Like exactly. just like, if you just randomly start taking photos, like a random person that you yeah. don't know, it's just yeah. so frowned upon. Yeah. But then for some reason in these situations, like, Oh, what a great shot. Perfect. Get that yeah. on the page. And, and I get like, I understand it's media and I understand that, you know, social media is taking over. So they need something to get people's attention. And, and I was really disappointed with the fact that, you know, I am an Australian athlete. Um, yeah. I'm an Australian swimmer who's represented my country. That's and right. yet you look at every photo they picked, I'm half naked or I'm in a bikini. And, yeah, I know that those are photos that I've posted on my social media, mm. but you don't ever expect them to be plastered on TV or plastered no. on a yeah. newspaper article talking about, you know, you apparently being a drug cheat. And it's like, well, that doesn't really match up. Like, no, those two <laughs> things don't yeah, really and, and, and that's what I mean. Like it was, yeah. it was just all to grab attention and that's what like – it was really hard to wrap my wrap my mind around. I was like, why? Like, I haven't done anything. How about you just wait and, yeah. you know, listen to what I have to say. Stop just assuming things. Um, it would just be like a hard... So many frustrations. Especially now that you kind of have to, like, walk on eggshells like you've talked about as well. Like, even in yeah. terms of, like, everything that you say, you would be like, oh, can yeah. that be turned anyway? Yeah, like, it's just, it's just hard for your lifestyle. I think that's yeah. where I feel the most sympathy, I guess, is, like, just yeah, can't be like and like you said people move on but then for you it's like it's got lasting mm. effects that you're still feeling obviously now like a year later and, and yeah. for and for a non-defined amount of time really. yeah and like that's what i mean like i still have moments where i don't have control of my emotions like i'll just you know i think it was yesterday someone from swimming called me and i just broke down crying like it was just it was just i had a big day and then it was talking about swimming talking about my case and i was just like i am like i've just you know, done this so many times and I'm ready for it to be over. Like I'm, I'm ready for this yeah. to, to be able to fight for myself now. Like I've talked about fighting for myself from the beginning yeah. and now I'm literally just waiting and it's really hard to just sit there and wait when I'm ready to go. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can move on to a topic that's a bit more positive. <laughs> a bit more upbeat. Um, Sorry. No, no, no. Well, to I be still fair, said that it was in a nice manner. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it was felt like that was the most intrigued I've ever been. Yeah, we appreciate fair. your insights, yeah. there. So thank you that's very awesome. much. That's okay. Um, I think everyone deserves to hear that as well. That's. Uh, well, I hope everyone does hear it. Yeah. I mean, not just because it's our podcast that would also help, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but like just because actually mm. to shed some light on that situation. Because even for me, like I. I probably follow sport quite closely but even so much of what you said i was just like wow i don't even think of that like, mm. yeah, yeah, and people so. like people need to learn that not everything that's posted or on social media or advertised is is true like mm. all you have to look at is photoshop like people say oh look at my body and you're like well 
exactly. Is it really? Yeah. Like, you know, they question that, but they don't question someone's facts. Like, mm, yeah. yeah, that's Very right. true. Yeah. Yeah. As you do also have to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Stop Photoshop. giving yourself a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Only one guy can have a mustache. I know I can't grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you, we mentioned your love of animals before yes. and your work with the RSPCA and yeah. how you get on so well with Ruby, the, the dog in the Drennan household Come here. On. Yes. So uh, you, have, you have a couple of dogs of your own yeah. uh, and they're not your only pets either i don't i don't i don't think that's your they're your only pets you got no so um so i personally own two dogs so i have a great dane named hugo and a um, alaskan malamute named willa so willa's our newest addition we got her at the start of this year um and then my family has so many we have two cats two dogs a lizard named kevin <laughs> a giant fish um and a is that a scientific name? No, I actually don't know the name of it. My my little brother's like really obsessed with it. He's like huge. He has like orange through him, and he he's really cool looking. But he gets depressed sometimes, which I'm uh, always like, oh, you need to help the fish out. Yeah, some friends. And then we have a cockatoo named Jack, which he's really cool. Um, and then Joel's um, Joel actually has a snake named Kevin as well, but his older brother actually looks after him because they've got like the snakes in the family, and I didn't really want the snake in the house, so <laughs> <laughs> it's it got the boot. <laughs> um, but um, no, my my fur babies, um, Hugo and Willa, are everything to me. Um, especially so Hugo came to me when this old drama happened. Um, I got him as soon as I got home. And um, so he wasn't impulse buyer. I had already planned him, but I got him earlier um, than planned because I had gone home. And, yeah, he was my rock the whole time. You know, my partner still had to work. Um, my family still had to work. Everyone still had to do their own thing. Um, I did have people coming over to make sure, you know, I'm okay. But my dog did the biggest thing ever. Like he was my... My cuddle buddy, he was my friend. He, you know, loved me even when I was angry. You know, he he he's was there. He's a big unit too. He's, yeah. a, so he's yeah. 62 kilos now yeah, um, and he's one. That's more than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's awesome and he's huge. Um, and, yeah, he's just the biggest softie though. Like he – my little puppy, um, Willa, she bosses him around constantly. Like she'll sit on his face or sit on him or if he's getting the love, she'll like come over and like boot him over and, <laughs> and he just like walks away. <laughs> so um, – and like you mentioned, I do a lot with the RSPCA. So um, I'm an ambassador for them and have been since 2018 um, – especially um, helping them with their, you know, desexing program because I'm really passionate about ensuring that you're, respons- you're a responsible pet owner. If you're going to own a pet, get them desexed um, because obviously accidents can happen. Yeah. You know, obviously through my animal studies, I've learned lots about how animals do it all different ways. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you know, it's actually interesting, you know, um, a cat every time they will breed. Like that is a given. There is no time that if they don't have – equipment they won't use it so um that was something that you know i learned and i was like whoa okay get cats desex as soon as possible um you know i've getting willa desexed next week actually so you'll see some stuff about that but um you know it's a really good operation and i also fostered for the rspca so i have had kittens i've had a cat i've had puppies um i had a really good story with puppies so i had a um, beautiful set of puppies that came to us that had had a blood transfusion 
Um, very hard, very difficult process for a puppy to go through, especially they were eight weeks old. Um, makes them very malnourished, makes them feel sick, makes them unhappy. So brought them into my home with my Great Dane and they flourished. They, you know, built up their confidence, um, built up their, obviously their um, weight and they were um they went and got desexed, and now they're in beautiful homes. So, Come on. always a lovely story when you. I've I have managed to rehome all of the animals that I've had fosters for. So um, I don't tend to sometimes force them on people. I'm like, hey, you want this cat? You do, you do, you do, because <laughs> um, it's really hard to give them back. Um, you know, RSPCA does a fantastic job um, looking after all the animals in the shelter, and um, yeah, I try and help out through that. So I mentioned before that I, I volunteered for them. Um, and work with all the animals in the shelter, you know, cleaning out their pens and making sure they had some tender love and care every day because obviously, you know, as everyone's learnt through isolation, it's not as a fun sitting in a room all day. No, yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's how they feel. So um, it's a beautiful organisation and I, and I love animals and um, hopefully I can, you know, continue to share that with everybody and yeah. get people involved. Very awesome person, Chana. I'm I wasn't <laughs> sure at the start, but now who's the one wearing the beanie? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's pretty questionable. Okay. Um, but they are for sale, God. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. And you, you've got a bit of a passion for horse riding as well, oh, I believe. Yes, yeah, so obviously, yeah, I, I love horses. Um, anything giant is just like I'm in love with, you know. I'm a big fan <laughs> yeah. of like large cats and horses and dolphins. Um, Great dogs. What about yeah, like the big banana at Coffs Harbour and like I those types of things? Yeah, okay. no. Yeah. And I wouldn't call them animals. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just wondering I'm if more, it extended more of a, outside. More of a fruit fan. <laughs> okay. um, no, so I, I love horse riding. Um, it's a great way to get out. And um, I went to the Hinterlands a fair few times at, at Cedar Creek, and, and the girls there always just let me ride off up the hills and, you know, nothing too fancy, but just. You know, just having the wilderness around and feeling free and, um, and I think horses are just magnificent animals. So mm. I do as much as I can with them and, um, yeah, they're cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, uh, Shana, the animal love is not the only way you have been staying busy now. Uh, you actually do a little bit of work as well with Haz's mate, um, cricketer Chris Lynn as well yeah. through his sort of – I guess it was his brainchild, wasn't it, that yes, company, the yeah. playbook – um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Playbook Coach um, is, yes, Chris Lynn's baby and um, a founder, Kieran Murphy and Chelsea Murphy. Um, so they created this platform so athletes could coach other athletes um, through one-on-one, so private coaching, one-on-one, small team and team-based coaching. It originally started with just one-on-one, but obviously like as we expanded – um, especially like say like with our team sports, a lot of people started having more interest to have our coaches – and athletes as um, coaches for their teams. Um, and it's a really good initiative. So I actually was a coach on the platform as well. So I started, I'm pretty sure 2018 as well, or 2017. Um, and so I was coaching, um, you know, girls from the age of eight all the way up to 15. Um, I had regulars, which I loved. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. Like it was so amazing watching, you know, their growth and how they um, – you know, adapt in the water and, and what you, what difference you made. And, and that's kind of what playbook wants to see is, is 
help those athletes, like elite athletes or, you know, um, intermediate athletes connect with other younger athletes who don't have that expertise or just don't have access to coaching. Um, it's a great way for them to expand their knowledge um, and hopefully continue the um, the sporting you know, phase, like a lot of people tend to drop out after school and uh, we want to educate people to ensure that, you know, um, they continue the sport they love and it's it's not impossible to have the best of both worlds. You can study and you can play sport. Um, so, yeah, I, I love working for them and, and I really am so appreciative to them because obviously with everything that happened, you know, they reached out because I could no longer coach and, and they gave me a position within the head office um, which I'm eternally grateful for because it's not every day that I couldn't have gone and worked at Woolworths because every second day I was crying my eyes out. Um, I, I needed yeah. a group of people who were who understood my life, who understood my passion for sport, and that's that's these guys' um, playbook is so um, you know it's a family based you know environment. We yeah. we all look out for each other and. Um, we look out for the coach that we have on the platform and the families we have on the platform and we do the best we can to um, accommodate for everybody to ensure they're all happy and can continue with sport. That sounds <laughs> awesome. That's cool. Don't worry, we'll get you yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to coach some lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, that's not a sport we have yet. So. That's true. That's the first one. Yeah. yeah. I'll be a master in the field. It'll be very popular. That's right. Never actually played before, but we won't mention that yeah. in my bio. <laughs> and, and you're surrounded by more athletes than just that. Your boyfriend, Joel, mm. is a, a top-level <laughs> hockey player. So I assume living... In isolation with him wasn't quite as sedentary as a lot of people would have lived during no. the COVID nineteen period. Yeah, we no. probably should have mentioned him earlier because eh? you've actually dropped like you've dropped his I name a few times. Yeah, <laughs> I say I always say my partner because I don't know that's just a natural thing to say. But um, yes, yeah, so my partner Joel, he is um, he's extraordinary. I think is the word for it. Um, you know, um, he he's a fantastic hockey player. Um, probably he's in, in a way an inspiration to me because the amount of drive he has for his sport is unbelievable. Like he, his commitment, his, he's so driven, you know, during isolation, he can't go play hockey on a hockey field or anything like that. So he's running every day or he's gymming or he's doing some sort of activity to ensure that he's, you know, fitter or stronger for when they go back. And, and I'm like, Oh my God, like <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, so, awesome. and he motivates me a little bit. Um, sometimes he gets frustrated because I don't listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he, it's it, uh, the situation we went through is is a unique situation for any couple and you know he's obviously seen me at my worst now um and for someone to be so strong for me and to um you know literally be my support beam through the whole process was um you know I'm so grateful for and I couldn't thank him like you know there's not enough words to thank what he's done for me um you know he watched out for my mental health he spoke to people for me he was always there for me oh my god there's a dog in the room <laughs> Ruby's come back, Ruby's come back now she's been missing in action for 55 minutes she's like oh yeah, she hasn't pat me recently I've got to come back um but yeah so um, you know, and all I can do at the moment is um, my best to also support Joel and what he does. Um, and it is sometimes hard, like I will admit that. Um, I do become envious of 
you know, he gets to go play hockey yeah. on a weekend or, you know, go hang out with the hockey mates or he goes, like, he went and travelled at the end of last year, he went to New Zealand and to Perth for hockey and I was just like, oh, I should be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was hard to watch but, you know, I love him and he loves me so we just make do and we made it work and if we can get through this, we can get through yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all I can say. That's definitely true. That's testing times and yeah, you've come out the other side of it. Yeah, so, yeah. it tests any relationship, I believe, like, you know, friendships, family, everything. It uh, it definitely put a lot of strain on my family as well. Um, so we, we've gotten through it so far and I'm sure there's, you know, not too long to go, fingers crossed. Um, and I think we'll all be better off in the end. Magnificent, mate. Good news. All right, and on your Swimming Australia profile, Shana, it says your favourite quote is, to be number one, you've got to be odd, which is a Dr. Seuss quote. Uh, <laughs> did you choose that? What, what makes you odd? Yeah, so I, um, I thought that was a really unique quote. I actually heard it from Bronte Campbell and I, it just stuck with me. Um, and it's true, like, you know, you don't have to follow everybody else's lead. It's, it's usually someone who, you know, you know, leads or someone who takes initiative and, and does things that makes them happy that in the end, you know, is successful. Um, and, you know, I've, I've kind of lived by that. Um, you know, I've, I've always been someone who's, you know, well-spoken. I, I try to be a great role model for people. Um, and I, I want to make a difference to people. I want to, if I can just influence one person's life to make it better, um, and to make them happier and help them, you know, make a decision that suits them. Like I know a lot of people talk to me about, they struggle with, you know, maybe their, their parents don't support their decision to, you know, become a doctor or to become a drama student or to become an actor, musician, anything like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be sport. A lot of people ask me how did I deal with convincing my parents that this is what I was going to do. And in the end, um, I really love that feeling of feeling like I've actually influenced someone's life to help them make a decision, not necessarily, you know, make that decision for them, but just give them idea of, you know, if this is something you really want, this is what you've got to do. Um, and so I feel like that's how I'm unique. I, you know, I I try to stand out in a role model positive way and, you know, always push for that positivity, not the, not the you know, glass is half empty, although my glass is empty, boys. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a good laughs> um, you know, that, that kind of aspect. I always, you know, like to think that um, the glass is half full and, you know, sometimes there's times that you, you know, will question that. But um, with my uniqueness, <laughs> I try to keep going. So, yeah, I love that quote. And it was from Bronte Campbell. But um, now I've kind of claimed just my own. <laughs> right. Yeah. We are, we are all pretty much finished our smoothies. So we, luckily, we got a big delivery Yay. from our from yeah, alchemy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shana got to see the delivery out on the table. It'll take us a couple of years to get through. So if you ever need a refill. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get refills all the time. Obviously. <laughs> I'll be like, send me some. Yeah, that's right. I'll Absolutely. be taking my, my cut home and my parents will <laughs> be sharing cut. them with me as well. So yeah, you'll have to work out. How boys. do we divide that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yes, Shane, I, I had one more question, although I'm not sure if this is just has trying to stitch me up, but apparently we've got <laughs> something in common in that you're a massive M&M fan. I do love M&M. 
Good. Yeah. Yeah. I so my one I, I do have a couple of favorite songs, but okay. one song that I always listen to kind of prior to racing or prior to competitions that would always just get me like woo <laughs> um would be like the not afraid song. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. it just yeah. I know every word and no I'm not singing a bit of it for you. <laughs> That's right, skin or does but, also um right. <laughs> I I really yeah, I, I really love um you know, a lot of his songs are, are really good, like motivational songs, um, yeah, yeah, and you know, just get you really amped up before a race. And some of the, like, obviously, not afraid's a big song for standing up and you know, doing what you do. And that's what I have to do when I race. I race in front of many, many people, or um, you've got to kind of try and block those people out when you race. So yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Very fit. Maybe I need to change songs. I've been listening to Till I Collapse before every cricket game. Oh, my God. We listen oh. to that in the gym. Joel and I also listen to that in the gym. So <laughs> okay. that's a gym song. So okay. there's a gym playlist and there's a um, pre- oh, really? pre-race playlist. And so. okay, right. okay. I'll just so. give people just a touch of um, the uh, song. You can't hear it, Shannon, but this is, this is in the background. This is not a fraud. I'm also not singing it. Just if you don't hear it. I can hear it. I said, I'm not singing it. Yeah, no. Oh, you're not, you're not going to sing uh, it? No, Start save me. that for another episode. Can't. <laughs> just give us how it starts, right? Offer this paper before I lay them, but you won't take the sting off these words before oh, I sing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, they made me do the stupidly fast bit of rap god on one of our earlier episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I do, before. yeah. I always, I've, that's always like kind of like my party thing. If, if, Although I don't party, but when I, whenever I've like had people or you know we we get to choose playlists or anything, it's always I always just chuck that song in there just to like show everyone that yeah. that's a song I know. Like you know, not many people know it, and I'm like, I know that song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Mitch, but I think you are more suited to that faster Eminem yeah. uh, section because you didn't, don't like didn't the tones. Those sure. tones didn't really do it justice, <laughs> did it? Yeah. I don't know if he was fully into the. Performance. Yeah, well, I'll get, I'm nervous on camera. You know, it's not my peak performance as <laughs> optimum arousal level there. Yeah. <laughs> psychology. Um, now, Shana, when we wind up, generally what we do try and offer people uh, is the opportunity to either a ask us any questions that you might have. I'm not sure what that would be. No one's ever actually asked us a question. Um, yeah. What would that be? I have Just a question. A, oh no! <laughs> I actually have a question. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So, other than obviously me, yeah. Who has been your favorite person to interview? And oh. this doesn't have to be like you can all have oh. your own opinion, oh, but yeah, who okay. has been someone that you were like, "Well, that was really interesting to like listen to." Okay, brilliant, brilliant. It's hard. It's hard to pick favorites. We don't want to single anyone out, but I, I probably do have to pick one and say Harley Engleby, who's oh, yeah, a okay. world champion longboard surfer. Yeah, so. awesome. Oh, yeah. There's the surfing in yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was awesome to speak to a surfer. That's what I, I yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, very fair. That's lethal. Uh, I, I personally, I reckon I would say uh, Gemma Maimai was my favourite because she was just like unbelievably talented on the microphone. Like just started singing. I mean, that's not to put what? pressure on here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no way like, that's happening. She did like a karaoke session. Um, she was incredible at like telling stories about just, I don't know, sheep and making sheep sounds. And oh, my God. She was on fire. Yeah. So yeah, I personally enjoyed that one a great deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very fair. Um, I think I'm going John Milman. Just yeah, fair. for sort of the opposite reason to you, as I know nothing about tennis and felt like I'd learnt a lot. And I was, to be fair, I'm still terrible at tennis, but so it didn't help my game. But <laughs> I, I enjoyed hearing his stories, and I sort of just got to sit back and listen to an hour of him, of him rattling them off. Mm. That's really nice, though. That like I guess for like you guys as a podcast, that every person that you listen to, you guys are always learning something unique about mm. individuals, but also like the sport. Yeah, um, exactly. Because, you know, you get a perspective of someone who, like, lives physically in that sport, like, for that whole 
you know, start of their life or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, it's been an unbelievable process actually for that exact reason. Yeah. And now we know that like you can't see the world record line as well, which is obviously... Which is, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's just life-changing, so, I mean, That's it's changed just, my whole when perspective. When someone realised that they couldn't hear, when we couldn't hear people in the water, they were gobsmacked. I was like, no, <laughs> like you, you can cheer as loud as you want. It's, you, you know, it, we just don't hear yeah. it. Like, But I think at the Commonwealth Games it was louder because like people like banging. So like I feel like you could actually hear like... The vibrations yeah, it's like going Kevin on. The yeah, I actually think that's how it worked. Mm. But um, yeah, it was quite crazy because you know you'd hear we're in Budapest and you could hear the crowd at least three kilometers away. Like they were screaming, they were banging the seats, everything. But none of the swimmers heard them. Like you, you just think about that noise from that yeah, stadium was unbelievable. You were like, what is happening over there? It does not stop the commentators from trying to get people to cheer later. Like the kick- no. commentators will always talk about, and it's like, oh, the home ground advantage yeah. and like home crowd. And, and yeah, and then in reality, they actually just can't hear anything. <laughs> I actually just thought of a story. So, um, Oh, good, because that was our last question. So I have one Any? story that <laughs> he might not like me telling. Okay. But so do you guys know Ashley Callis by any chance? Yeah, um, we do. Olympic swimmer. Yeah, do. yeah, so yeah. he, um, he was Olympic swimmer, Commonwealth Games swimmer. He was also in the um, relay team who won gold for Australia um, against the Americans. It was like, whoa! Oh, I definitely. Everyone loved yeah. that one. So yeah, he's he's awesome, and I actually grew up with him. So he came back to swimming in two thousand and uh, I think it was two thousand. 12, yeah, 2012. So he came back for to try for the Olympics um, in 2012. <laughs> and um, he, he was my training partner and I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, whatever. And um, he ended up quitting because of me. <laughs> what? So we were doing sessions together. Every now and then there'd be something that I would beat him at um, or like – he was just gobsmacked. Like I was a 13-year-old who was, you know, beating him in underwater or beating him, you know, in some 50s when he was like fatigued. And yes, he's a sprinter, but, you know, I was 13. Still, yeah, exactly. And so he ended up pulling out before the trials for the <laughs> Olympics. And he, we always talk about it, We always laugh about it because I always say I caused him to quit and he's always like you're the reason i quit and i was like yeah it is <laughs> he just reminded him he wasn't quite at the level anymore yeah I, yeah well reminder. you know a lot of once again like a lot of athletes they they retire and then you you miss it like yeah. you know i've had a year off swimming and i would give anything to go back to swimming um because it's just it's more than just the medals or anything like that it's literally the feeling you get when you stand behind the blocks or when you yeah. race or when you achieve a goal like it's those kind of feelings you get and so yeah i i believe like he missed that feeling and so he tried to come back and a lot of swimmers do like libby trickett did that she you know had time off had kids and then she came back yeah, that's um funny. um you know and and it works different ways like some people excel and you know might do better because they've got a bit more um, incentive behind it and others you know just wanted to give it a try and see how they go and actually didn't make it through <laughs> <laughs> oh that's sensational um well shana we've probably taken up enough of your time i would, uh, I would presume <laughs> thank you so much for making yourself available for coming okay. out to see us in the studio here um and we appreciate you being you're an amazing person and we hope that a lot of people um enjoy actually getting to hear your side of the story uh, in, in many ways for probably the first time for a lot of people so um, we appreciate you being here and for the light that you've shed, I guess, into your situation, but also for, for other people that will definitely go through the, the same thing in the future. So thank you so much for being well, here. thank you for having me, guys. I will say that, you know, Sam mentioned there was a dog here, so that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> No, um, No, thank you for having me. Like, I, I really enjoyed chatting with you guys and I 
I look forward to, you know, sharing this with everybody and hoping that, you know, as many people can get an insight into my life, but as well as, you know, everybody else, you guys, um, you know, interview in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it so much. That's okay. Thank you, Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thanks. And welcome back, guys. That was our interview with Shana Jack. Magnificent to hear her side of the story, really, which you probably don't get to hear all the time. So quality, wasn't boys? It was, yeah. Yeah, she was very kind with her time. Gave us uh, plenty to talk about and, and we got to know a lot about her life. She's a very, very nice young lady. So good to, mm. good to hear uh, what she has to say and um, learn about the, the struggle she's gone through in recent times yeah, yeah that's absolutely. right yeah we'd love to have more information for you about when you can expect a decision or anything like that but not even she knows so we're not much chance of providing that unfortunately uh but we'd very much hope to see her back in the pool at some stage that is for sure great excellent now guys uh we obviously love communicating with you we love getting tipped off from stories with you we've got the tote 11 segment still running at the moment there will be another couple of nominations to play uh next week on our podcast uh but you can head definitely to the website to find us there through the speak pipe where you can record your particular story that you have where else can people contact us skin on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all those sort of places. You can send us an email at hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au uh, or, yeah, if you're struggling to find any of those, just jump on the website, wegotthechocolates.com.au and it'll all be, all be there for you. Magnificent. Now, has uh, we also love people to subscribe and give us a review or a rating at some stage as well, don't we? Please do. There's plenty of places you can listen and plenty of places you can leave your rating and review. Five stars would be awesome. Give us plenty of feedback and... Uh, and we'll, we'll read out some of those responses on our next couple of episodes. Yeah, we got some belters, actually. A couple of new ones. I'm not sure if you've seen them yet, but they will be very, very impressive. Uh, now, guys, uh, standard operation. We do need to designate a best on ground. At this stage, it's probably a formality when a guest comes on. Um, are we all happy with that? Yeah, very happy Good. to give it to Shana this week. Yeah. Do we want to spray each other, though? Um, well, yeah, could mention you're struggling on the buttons yet again. We've, this is the third take of the intro slash outro, I think. So <laughs> throw that in there, but it's yeah. not really a shock anymore, is it? No, no, that's standard practice, really. I do yeah. like what you guys have done here with the little added extras. You got the, the we got the chocks sign there in front of us, and a few extra pin pin boards on the on the wall. So. Yeah, we got a pin board that says "Be our guest," but Shane is not on it because we forgot to get a photo with her. Um, so has I mean probably that has to be blamed on you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're great friends now. So hopefully, hopefully the three of us can catch up with Shana again some stage soon and and get a photo with her. Absolutely, yeah. that would be fantastic. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We are definitely with you every Thursday at seven a.m. They come out. Uh, continue to liaise with us. We most certainly love talking to you. We love talking about you, and we look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye. 